Krista here. We are in the limelight with yet another extraordinary author, entrepreneur, and another story that I want you to know about because it's one of those kind of stories that not only is it an overcoming story, but it's one of the kind of things that is so current. It's something we hear about a lot and, and, and far too much. And I want to well, along with my author today, bring some light to the situation. I do want to remind you that you can watch this video once it's uh, done. We're going live today, but you can watch it on, on uh, in the Limelight TV channel, and that's over on Binge Networks. Uh, we'll be you can see it on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and another smart uh, 100 smart television apps. And you can listen to it pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast. Okay, let's bring on our uh, our guest today, uh, an extraordinary author who has just done almost the impossible in the last week since her book dropped. Let's let her tell you about it. There's Valerie Walsh. So good to see you. I cannot wait to talk about Shattered to the Core. This is your book. It just dropped. And what did you do in the last week or so? Oh my gosh, I think I sold over 1,500 copies, Clarissa. Unbelievable! That's gorgeous. Let's see. Put it up to the. Put it up to the. To the. the yeah, the camera. Yeah, wow! Shattered to the core. Such a beautiful cover. And I want everyone to know what's the byline. I can hardly read it. How I made peace with my past and reclaim my future. So it's a tough, you know, subject we're going to talk about, but right. it has a very hopeful ending. Yeah. So we know, I know, I know enough about the story to know that you uh, suffered when your mother committed suicide. I believe it was in 2013 yeah. after which, after which you had a very difficult period as well with your health. Why don't you start giving us a little bit of the backstory here on what was happening in your life that triggered you to want to write Shattered to the Core? Okay. First of all, I want to say thanks for having me on, Clarissa. I'm so glad that to be here with you today. You. Um, and that important question that you had said, you know, at, at taking us all back to like 2013 and what we say in the mental health community is that somebody died by suicide. And the reason why we say that, and it's important, and I actually didn't know this. So people will still use that language committed. And that's, you know, that's okay. That's part of why we're having these conversations. Even after my mother passed, I was still using that phrase, committed suicide. Okay. And what I learned through working with NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, is that we now say died by, because we, if we truly believe that mental illness should be treated like all other illnesses, we would never say like, you know, committed cancer, or it sounds like committed a crime. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna interject something that I heard recently, and I don't know again, you know, the political correctness of everything, uh, of all the different terminology, but I heard she unalived herself. Ooh, with something I new. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I can align myself with that, but I can definitely okay. say, you know, unfortunately, yes, my mother succumbed to her the final stage of her depression, which is suicide, and she died by suicide in 2013. And what happened was. You know, I was turning 40. I was going to be, so she passed away in May and I had, um, I was coming up on my 40th birthday that November and I was going to go for all of my checkups, you know, like the big checkups that we do and yada, yada, yada. And I went to the doctor a few months before I was going to turn 40. So this is only shortly a few months after she had passed away. And um, one of those appointments was to have my mammogram and ultrasound because I have like tiny tiny chest and dense breast tissue. And right. in that breast tissue, they found um, precancerous breast cells, something called LCIS. And I knew right away because I was a thyroid cancer survivor and I knew how I 
emotionally handled my thyroid cancer diagnosis, I knew right away, I'm like, I'm not going down this road. Like I'm not going down the what if road. It wasn't so much a physical decision for me to have my preventative mastectomy, but it was, I was protecting my emotional health because I knew, I just knew it was going to trigger anxiety. So to answer your question, I, I lost my mom and then I made a decision to have a preventative mastectomy just shortly, a few months later. Right. Then I, my emotions were all over the place. Like I was a mess, honestly. Yeah. So I I just started journaling. Like I, I would just, um, I would be at a doctor appointment and just think of something that I wanted to reflect on. So I would speak it into my phone in my notes. So I had all these notes written in my phone, on the computer. Like it just became, you know, a time where I could just journal because I didn't know where to put all these emotions I I was having. I didn't even know, understand what I was going through. Right. We need perspective. So that's when I, I didn't know at the time, I just started writing a bunch of notes and then, um, Flash forward during the pandemic, during the pandemic, I had been sober by the time we went into the pandemic for a few years. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. I really think I could take my pain and do some good here. Why don't I put it together and formulate a manuscript? Mm -hmm. So I had most of it written. I really did. I had from the time she had passed away to 2013 to, um, to where I was then. And then I really had to piece together. There were two years in there that I had to piece together. And that was a little hard to do, but that's how the shattered to, to, excuse me, to the core came to be was right. just really off of my, my journals. And is that how you were feeling? Were you feeling shattered to the core for how long? And at what point did you finally say, wait a minute, no, I'm not going down that path again. Okay. So I, when with that full year happened, And I went through my surgery when everything settled, right? The dust settled. I thought, okay, now we're just going to go back to real life. So that was like 2014, like life moves on, right? right. My mom's gone. I'm healed from my surgery. I can go back to what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, and I didn't address anything. I didn't address, you know, the trauma from losing her that way, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the physical changes in my body, nothing. And Mm -hmm. So I would say um, in 2015, which my which people will also read, I started drinking again. So from 2015 to 2017, I was drinking, albeit not often. When I did drink, it was pretty heavy. Like I just wanted to check out. I wanted to numb the feelings I was I was feeling. So when I it was when I made the decision to become sober that the healing started because as mm-hmm. we all know, um, or maybe not, I shouldn't make those assumptions cause I'm still learning every day. Sure. Mental illnesses and, and addiction tend to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I could claim my sobriety that I could say, okay, mm-hmm. now the mm-hmm. real work begins. Yeah. So for me, I would say 2013 to 2017 is really when I was shattered. Right. The healing for me started September 17th, 2017 when I isn't it funny how we remember dates like oh, that? Yeah. It's yeah. incredible yeah. how we remember dates like that. September yeah. 16th, 2017 was the last time I ever had a drink, and that's when my healing began. Right. And when did you is it that at that point you decide to pick up the manuscript again and 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 make it become a book or finish it out? Absolutely. And what, what was that tangent of of time like for you now that you knew that you were 
on a healing path as you're healing, you're writing. Incredible. And I look back, I'm like, oh, that's why that was supposed to happen that way. You know what I mean? Like there are no mistakes. But I, so what happened was I had this, um, I, I would say I would call it a more like a journal. And, you know, in the writing world, people, you will hear like, oh, I don't want to read a memoir that reads like a journal. So I'm right. so glad that I went back and then I was able to interject some perspective and healing because what I did was when I got sober, I pieced it together and then I sent it off to a line editor. And um, if I could drop her name, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I came to, out to work with, with other fantastic people as well. And she really, really encouraged me to dig deeper. Like she would just put in the margins, I need to know more about your mom. I need to know more. Wow, like cool. What she yeah. was doing was she was character developing yeah. for me. I did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. If you had asked me to do that years ago, I'd have been like, nope, nope, we're not going to touch that subject. Yeah. We'll write yeah, about ready. it. Yeah. I wasn't ready. So what I did was I went to my mother's sister, my aunt, who lives close to me. And I said, do you mind if we talk about mom for a little bit? And I pressed record on my phone and I learned who my mother was as a young mother. She had my sister when she, when I was, when she was 18 and she had me when she was 19. So piecing together like the circumstances of what she was up against in her life helped me to formulate who she was. How did she get to that place? And and what the consequences may have what been. The consequences, my, consequences may have been for myself. Right. If I didn't say, whoa, 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 let's recognize what that is and use the tools that my mom fought hard to give me because she did and make better choices. And one of those better choices for me was also because I had to get sober. I mean, alcoholism runs in my family. So I had to make that yes. decision like, okay, you know, maybe it won't happen to me now, but we see that path. Like your mom gave you a map, you know. You know, you might not want to take the road on the left. You might want to take the road on the right. Right. You know, so in a little bit more discovery with you uh, about your mother with your aunt, where, were there, where did you find that there might have been similarities with your mother and places where you were just completely different? To know her as a woman, like as a, as a mother, when my aunt and I were talking, I kind of put myself in her shoes and I thought, I kept thinking that would have triggered my anxiety. I can't imagine what she went through when she was in those ways. We were so similar. Yeah. Uh, she uh, suffered with anxiety. I suffer with anxiety. She suffered with bouts of depression. I suffered with bouts of depression. So yeah. in those ways, you know, our brains were very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and also being a huge empath, like we were both, we both tended to overcompensate. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you asked my mom or you asked me, you know, years ago, now I'll tell you like, nope, can't do that. My answer is no. If I can't take something, you know, on, we were, if you would ask either one of us, like, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, no, like there were days that my mother wasn't fine and she kept trudging along. So like, for me, how I'm different now is I realize, okay, yes, the power is in the surrender of alcohol. Sure. But the power is in the surrender of a lot of things. Yeah. Like when I learned to finally say, you know what, I got to let go. I got to let go of taking on too much. I got to let go of overcompensating. I have to really focus on what protects my mental health because yeah. now I'm more aware. That's it. And it's right. also just because we have more tools now. 
Like a right. huge tool for me is exercise. My mom wasn't going to a gym in her 20s. She was, she was working her butt off to try to put food on Take the table the for her two sure. girls. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. Um, what is then, and I think you've already answered the question, what is it do you think that really was a turning point or a tipping point for you? Uh, from, you know, where you were. So I'm assuming that there, you know, you must have known growing up that mom was um, depressed, uh, was anxious. And, and, you know, you were also kind of living in that as well. Then you had the alcohol that was, you know, you used as a tool to sort of, you know, get rid of the pain uh, and, you know, squash it a little bit. And then you said on the 17th of September, that's it, I'm done, no more drinking. What was it that was a tipping point for you? What do you think that, what do you think happened? It was a culmination of events. Um, it was, it took a lot of people who really loved me to tell me the truth. Right. And I do write about in, in this, in my story about a really dear friend of mine that I've known since childhood. It took her to pull me aside and say, Hey, I'm worried about you. You yeah. know, it took that, it took self-reflection. It took what it took. It took, it took, you know, I, I, I believe in God. I had a godlike moment. It took that for to shake me my shoulders and say, "Wake up! If you right. don't do something about this now and make a choice today to live your life differently, right. it's not going to end well." So, for so, everybody that just joined, we are talking to author Valerie uh, J. Walsh. She has come to the table today with her brand new book. It is called Shattered to the Core, and it just dropped about I don't know seven eight days ago, and she's already sold you know almost I think close to two thousand copies. It's flying off the shelves at Amazon, and I don't know where else it might be. But it's a beautiful cover. I absolutely let's see it again. There you go, Shattered to the Core. Give me the byline again. Okay, it says how do I got to learn how to do this, Clarissa? <laughs> How I made peace with my past and reclaimed my future. Okay, so we've made peace with the past. We're at that point of the story. Let's let's reclaim your future. What were the first steps that you started to do and to take in order to make that happen? I'm going to go with probably the gym was one of them. Oh yeah, so the gym's always been one of them for me. But you know, you can't exercise your way out of a depression. That couldn't be a, a useful tool. Right. But as anyone will tell you, when they're really in the thick of it, you're not going to lecture somebody into going to the gym. And I am a trainer, so I'm like, right. all right, you know, I totally get that. So it was for me, it was a, a you know a collective amount of tools. It was getting sober. It was exercising. It was going to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, at one time, it was taking medicine. Like, I believe in all of those tools. It depends on what you need. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a practice. Like, for me, it was recognizing, okay, you know, let's simplify this. We're going to simplify a complex issue because mental illness is complex, right? But sure. practicing something diligently is simple. So I knew like, okay, just the same way that you want to train for a 5k Valerie, why are you not thinking of your mental health the same way? Like you need to practice these things that are helping you get better every single day. Right. So, you know, at the time when you're asking me, you're taking me back to 2017 at the time, it was literally getting up and, and praying. I'm like, okay, you lost yourself like in, and yeah. I don't want to people who are, you know, we're not talking about religion here. So please don't check out everybody or spirituality. Right. Right. You in? It was my quiet time to connect to what made me and, mm -hmm. and to connect to spirit. Right. So yeah. I would take that time. Then I would get outside. I had to get outside every day because I found it very healing to literally be outside in nature yeah. and movement for me is medicine. So it took the practices of, um, my spirituality, getting outside, 
And then lastly, being with other people, connection. Yes, of course. Yeah. Huge. And and yeah. not withdrawing, because like one of the number one things that people do that have that experience depression is they'll tell you is I didn't realize it was getting that bad. I just became a hermit. And then that isolation takes over. And now we got a real problem. So even on the days where I felt like, oh, you know, like what I'll give myself a day. Everybody needs a down day. Yeah. But if I found like, oh, I'm you know what? You're getting into those patterns where you're withdrawing a little bit. Exactly. I'll connect with people purposely. And that's just a practice. I've always found that music helps immensely as well. Yes. Um, yeah, music is a great as another really great, great uh, helper. Uh, OK, so the book is now. So at what point did you say, OK, I'm done. Book is done moving forward. Let's, let's get the part of book was done. And, and it's, and now it's, you know, it's a number one bestseller. So I, I like that number one bestseller. I know. <laughs> so I had take, I had finished, um, up until like, I think it, whatever the timeline was 2015, then I had these years to fill in. So the last two chapters were the hardest for me to write because those aren't chapters I were, I was taking notes on. So I had to go back. So that took a little time. And then finally, um, when it got out of the line editing phase and I connected with the awesome people on our publishing mastermind mm. and uh, I sent it off to um, the good copy editors and the editors through GMK, Gary Krebs, I am sorry, I'm not formally saying his company name correctly, but that's, that's okay. okay. No, no, that's fine. Gary also co-wrote <laughs> also took, He's the best of the best. He's the best of the best. And it also took people on his team to say, okay, pens down. You know what I mean? Like they looked at it. And I'm like, but I want to add this, like pens down. You know, we, we I love that. I've never heard that before. I never yeah. heard that before, but you I was like, pens okay. down. that's good. Yes. Okay. Pens down. And it was, it was already written, but I, there were things that were coming up. I'm like, okay, that's okay. So maybe there'll be another book. I don't know. But yeah. anyhow, it took a little bit of coaching. Like, okay, it's enough. You have enough here, Valerie. This is fantastic. Right. And people are really connecting with it. All I did was tell my story. I didn't offer any advice. Amazing. I simply told my story. That's great. That's really great. I can't congratulate you enough on, on the success that you're having right now. And, 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 you know, it's, a, it's, it's unfortunate, but, but the way it goes when we have to go through that much pain in order to, you know, to, to be able to work an opus or an opera like you have just done and to be able to share it with everyone else uh, mm -hmm. so that they might be helped and or potentially healed through the work that you've done. So let's tell everybody where they can find the book and let's tell everybody where they can find you on social. Okay. So you can find the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble Good. and it's called Shatter to the Core. You can find me on Instagram, Valerie J. Walsh author on Facebook at the core fitness method and my website, which is ValerieJWalsh.com. Fantastic. Okay. Parting words. You know what? Advice. Give some uh, advice. Okay. Let's do three things that you can do to protect your mental health today. Eat well, get out and move. Movement is medicine and connect with peeps. Connect with people. Eat well, move. Move and, and connect. connect with people. You've just had somebody from Italy by the name of Miguel Milani who has just said you have it. It's a very beautiful cover you've got there. Oh, thank you, Miguel. <laughs> Libby did a great job. Libby Grazie, King Miguel. <laughs> Ciao, Patricia. Se ci sei ancora. We had some Italian friends popping in, and certainly Yay. some others. That, well, uh, mental illness and, and is, a, is a global yeah. issue. Yes, it definitely is. So when we're talking about something, so what? Let's 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 end with that. I like ending with that. 
because if you know of someone or if it is yourself that is really feeling suicidal, if you're feeling like you're not in the greatest place, get the help. Where can they go, Valerie? Where okay. can people go to get the help? You know, I should pull this up and excuse me, I should have had this at the ready. I'm not sure what it, what it is internationally, but our National Alliance on Mental Illness, I'm going to pull this up right now and it's worth mm -hmm. it if you just give me a moment. Sure, no problem. And I will say, say if you ever feel that um, somebody you know might be having suicidal ideations, be direct with them. Ask them, are you feeling suicidal? Yes. You will not put something in somebody's head, okay? Right, right. If, if you or someone you know needs help, this is in the United States. I'm sorry, I don't know globally the information to get you. But mm -hmm. our number for NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, is 1-800-950-6264. And I want everybody to put this in their phone right now, too. If you or somebody you know um, needs to text because they're in crisis right away, you can simply text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to okay, 741741. And get all the information that you need. There is no reason. There's more than enough help out there. And certainly a lot of loving people that would, would really be happy to help. Miguel is letting us know that he's not coming in from Italy, but he's coming in from Switzerland. Okay, grazie, Miguel. Uh, and I can't thank you enough, uh, Valerie, because uh, uh, for the time that you've given us today and for the message, the very strong and important message that we're leaving with everyone that's watched this and, and continued success, my friend. I'm really, really thrilled for you. Thanks so much, Clarissa. I really appreciate you having me on and asking these tough questions. Thanks. Stay right there. Bye-bye, everybody.